Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to today. If you're at home, hello. It's good to see you through like a lens, but it's good to be here. We're at, oh hi, how you going? Um, We're at the end of a series, uh, the series called Imagineering, and we sort of taken a bit of a cruise through the book of Genesis, particularly Genesis chapter 1, taking a look at God's story of creating, but very much so digging into what God's calling for us as people to be invited into being somebody who is a bearer of his image and as a bearer of his image, therefore creative. So we sort of land at Genesis chapter 2, after Genesis 1, that says this. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed that seventh day, and he declared it holy. So as we grab to the end of this series, um, there's been a number of really key messages over the last probably five weeks or so um, as we've sort of drawing towards today. So I just wanted to remind us of some of those things. I mean, the first thing that we, um, we dug into was the idea of, uh, we, we watched a doco on a garbage dump orchestra. I don't know if you remember that. Um, that was pretty impacting for me. I'd never seen that before, so thank you, Kim. Um, you sort of opened my eyes to something really unique and amazing. Uh, but we talked about this idea of that the, in the midst of chaos, there's beauty. And then we asked the question, well, what happens if God wants to call you into something that you've never seen before or never heard before? Would you meet him in that chaos and see what he does? That's a pretty challenging message. We then moved on to talk about the fact that God really generously calls us um, and gives us freedom to be creative. That similarly to the way that God really uniquely, beautifully, and um, intricately designed all of the pieces of creation with such unique beauty that he did the same with us. And he opens us up as creative beings to have that freedom to be flourishingly creative in all different ways. And that we're invited into that freedom. We talked about the fact that your life and my life, our lives, are a story. And that as an image bearer, each of our stories are valued. They're valued and they're important and they're critical to God's bigger story. And whether you believe that or not, your story is valuable and important and critical to the bigger story of God. I think that in itself is quite a big challenge. Sometimes I don't feel like what's going on in my world is terribly valuable or matters much to anybody else, but God says it is. 
And God says, your story is valuable. We chatted about the fact that God calls us to be fruitful. But sometimes the process of fruitfulness means that we get buried in dung. Thanks, Dave. That's good. But what emerges from that is often far more uh, ripe and far more fruitful than we could, I guess, ever imagine it to be. Particularly in those moments where we feel buried. We talked about the fact that God has shown us that he has the capacity to do the impossible and to make the impossible possible. And we ask the question, what if God invited you into something that was impossible in your mind but may be possible for him? And I know as I think about each of those things, there's some really deep truth in there. But my guess is that the deep truths and the things that are poking me are different from the things that are poking you. Because each of us have, has a self-image problem. I know I have a self-image problem, and I know you do too. We all are stuck somewhere. And we're all stuck really differently. What sticks me probably won't stick you. What God's wanting to say to you, he might not be wanting to say to me at the moment. We're all really different, but we're all sort of stuck. And so my guess is that as you travel over the last five weeks of this series, God's probably poked you differently to the way that he's poked me. He's probably just gnawing at your mind saying, I want you to think about the fact that I'm inviting you into chaos and I want to make some beauty out of it. And you're stuck there. Or you might be stuck in the fact that you think your story isn't as valuable as someone else's. And God wants to, I guess, well, I know, I don't even guess. God's pursuing you over that. And God's pursuing me over that. And as he pursues us, he wants to bring redemption to those parts of our stuckness. So I guess my prayer for all of us is that as you get to reflect over what's been happening in this space for the last five weeks, that God would just really brilliantly bring to the surface something and that you would allow him to let you, be, you would allow him to be poking you and, uh, and doing some work in your mind and in your heart so that I guess, I mean like in Romans 8, 29 talks about the fact that that we were designed to be built into the likeness of his son. That's our, that's our design, and that sort of is a, I guess that's Paul talking about right, way back here in Genesis 1:27, where we're designed in the image of God. And so in that image of God, we're designed to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That's the goal for each of us. So to be someone who is in God's image as imagine, someone who can be an imagineer, allowing him to do that work in us. So here at the end of Genesis 1, right at the beginning of Genesis chapter 2, um, it's like the climax of God's creation story is stopping. 
the climax of God's creation story is resting. And there's like, this really beautiful rhythm that goes into uh, each, of the, each of the parts of, of God's creation. It's like he, he, he goes in and he dives in close and he, and he creates. And I, I really love the idea of God as a, a, an intricate creator. And he dives in and he creates some plants and, and he makes them grow up out of the soil. And after he's done all of those pieces for each of those days, he's, he sits back and he takes a look. And he says, yeah, that's good. And then he comes forward the next day. And, you know, I don't know if any of you have ever painted before or drawn before or maybe um, edited images on a computer before. You know, you get really into and close and you, you work really hard or sculpting with clay or doing something like that. You work really intricately and then you take a step back and you go, I've got to do some more work. And you come back in and you do some more work. But then there's sort of that, that moving, moving toward and then moving back. And that moving back is really important because it gives you context and says, yeah, yeah, I like that. This is good. And so this whole pattern in Genesis chapter 1 is God moving forward and creating and then stepping back at the end of each day and saying, this is good. And on the day that he created us, he stepped forward and intricately created. And he stepped back and he said, it's good. And it's very good. And after each of those days, it's almost like he took a big step back. For a whole day. Just to assess. And say, this is really, really good. I'm really happy with what I've done. This is excellent. And unlike any other day, not the day that he spoke a star out of his breath, not the day that he parted waters and made land and mountains, not the day that he made plants and birds and animals walk and swim and fly, but on this day of rest, he decided that he would set it apart and make it holy. Unlike any other day, this is the day. This day of rest is the one that he chooses to make holy. It's the step back day. It's the assessment day. It's the resting day. And he makes that one holy. Like I think, honestly, speaking out a star is pretty impressive. I'd make that one holy. <laughs> like that's, that's good gear. But he chooses his rest day and he says this one is holy. And I guess my hunch is that he does that because what he's been doing is creating this amazing environment for relationship. And in that big step back and that big agreement with himself that it was so good, it was looking at the stage being set. My hunch is that he was looking back and going, all right, we're ready. We're ready to roll. And I wonder if he was imagining what might be. And thinking forwards to the day that he would walk with you on that day. If he was just stepping back going, 
I can't wait till the day Andrew's born. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to the years that I get to walk with him and the adventures that we're going to go on in this environment. The stage is set and I'm ready and it's good. And that stop was so important to him that he sets it apart. Yes, that idea of being holy is being set apart. He sets that day apart for himself as holy. But then he goes on to say, well, I'm actually going to set that apart for the pinnacle of my creation. All the people, I want them to do this too. I want them to have a day that's set apart. So when we get to the story of God handing down the commandments to Moses, right there embedded in the midst of those commandments is this idea of stopping it. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11, there's this command for each of us to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath and keep it set apart. Just the way that we work six day, or God worked six days in creation and he stopped, so you do the same. Uh, Ezekiel s- says the same thing, but he says it in a really beautiful way. He says, uh, like six days... Work will be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation, in essence, a holy gathering or assembly. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. There's that last little bit as I read through Ezekiel's word that really caught me. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. This is a day set apart to him. For him, with him, to the Lord. So God calls us into the same pattern of stopping and the same pattern of resting as he did to him. As he sat back and I imagine he looked to us in relationship and that environment of relationship, he asked us to do the same, to stop and have a day that's focused towards him, towards that relationship. In essence, a time where nothing else is happening, where we can come together. An assembly, a holy convocation, a set-apart assembly, a set-apart gathering, a coming together. Isaiah sort of spins on with this same sort of idea, and in Isaiah 58 it says this, keep the Sabbath day holy, don't pursue your own interests on that day but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day honour the Sabbath in everything that you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly and then the Lord will be your delight So entering that space of stopping, I guess, what it does is it recalibrates our memories. And everything that's busy recalibrates our memories to the one who made us. And I guess it reminds us how we're meant to be in relationship with him. Don't pursue your own interests on that day. Enjoy it. Speak of it in delight as the Lord's day. So that space of stopping recalibrates our memory 
to the one who made us and the way that he wants to be in relationship with us. Which I guess draws me to the one really big thing that I wanted to say to you today. But I'll show it to you first. You can't see straight if you're spinning, so stop. Most of our lives, my guess, is resemble spinning. And you can't see straight when you're spinning, so stop. Because when you stop, the spinning slows. I've watched a lot of those videos in the last week or so. <laughs> I think the Kingsway leadership team should be really pleased that I didn't get my act together this week because I was going to invite you all to make that video for us. <clears throat> and who knows, that might be something that you guys want to do. I don't know. But I found that there was one guy who was spinning around and around really fast and when he got to the end of his spin and all these other guys were falling and tripping and walking sideways, he stopped and just caught his breath. He was hanging onto the, the pole that he was hanging onto. He stopped just for a minute and then he ran straight. I just thought, wow. The spinning slows. The dizziness slows when you stop. I know that when I stop, um, I guess in the place that I work, uh, there's a lot of beautiful things around me. And uh, whenever I stop, I can't help but see God. There's a spectacular part in the book of Romans. Um, Romans chapter 1 verse 18, 1 verse 20, sorry. It says, From the time that the world was created... People have seen the earth and the sky and all that God has made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. I find that whenever I'm spinning and I stop, 
and I see something that God has made, I, I see God. And if I've stopped for long enough, I start to remember, not only in thankfulness, the beauty of what he's done and created, but I start to remember, oh, he made me and he made me for relationship with him. When the spinning slows, I start to see things as they are. I don't think this idea that God gives us to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy um, is about stopping just when you're dizzy. But I think it's about stopping in rhythm. Because in Exodus 20 and in Leviticus 23 and Ezekiel 20 and um, in Mark 2 and in Luke 23 and in Hebrews 4 and over and over and over and over, this idea of repetition of remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy keeps coming up time and time and time and time again right through the pages of Scripture. That God commands not only just one day of rest, but a repetitious day of rest. That in the rhythm of the world, there's a day for resting. Creation itself has these beautiful rhythms. Um, the sun comes up and the sun goes down every day. Beautiful sunrises and beautiful sunsets. You can trust my wife. Hi, honey, if you're listening at home, I know that you see a lot of sunrises um, because she takes Will out taking photos all the time. And each time she goes, there's something beautiful and different. There's summer and there's winter and there's spring and there's autumn and there's seasons. Creation has a rhythm, a cyclic rhythm that continues over and over. The tides go in and the tides go out. And each time they come in and they go out, they're incredibly beautiful. And part of what we get to do is have an opportunity to catch those things and see them for their beauty. Because the rhythm in creation is never monotonous. It's repetitive, but it's not monotonous. Because inside each rhythm, there's incredible variety. God calls us into the same rhythm of stopping not just when we're dizzy, but stopping over and over and over. But if you're anything like me, um, even my Sabbath, my weekend, is busy and spinning and dizzy. I race, 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 race all the way through to Friday afternoon and then I stop and I try and catch a breath and I'll have a lovely nap and I'll do my best you know some people go out for a fish or a surf or they'll catch some sort of rest and then Monday morning gets straight into busy 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 but even in my weekend I guess where my Sabbath should fall somewhere I'm, I've got to do the shopping, I've got to do the washing, I've got to get things ready for school, I've got to clean the house, you know, like there's, there's a whole lot of things that oh, I've got to go out for lunch and we've got to go out for dinner and we've got this appointment, we've got to take the kids here, we've got to take the kids there, we've got soccer and tennis and 
dancing and there's so many things that just busy us up in that weekend. Even though we're coming to a crashing halt with work, we end up flurried with other stuff. You remember back what Isaiah said, you know, um, to make sure that that day is a day of delight. Not thinking about our own things or pursuing our own desires, but a day set apart to him, for him. My week often looks a little bit like this. The height of energy is go, 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 stop. Go, 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 stop. Go, 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 stop. Although sometimes my stop, as we said, is just as flurry, just as busy. But as I've been thinking and, and reading about this idea of Sabbath, um, the Jewish community does this really well. And the rhythms that they've set over thousands of years don't look like this. They're vastly different. In fact, they look a little bit more like this. Notice first the opposite, where the go is and where the stop is. Six days you work, but inside that six days, the Jewish community is actually building and anticipating and readying and preparing for the stop. And it's the stop that's the pinnacle. That's the big part of the week. That's the most important part of the week. And then we roll back into six days of work. But in that six days of work, we're preparing and we're planning and we're readying ourselves for the pinnacle of the week, which is the stop. We don't do anything. Then we roll back into work. And there's a flow and there's a beautiful rhythm that everything is getting ready and everything in the week, even if it's work, centers around a preparedness to rest and give a day back to God. I give a date of holy convocation. Because as I stop and as I reflect, I see God. What happens in that space is I become more inspired. And I get more inspired into what's next. And sometimes that rest and that break and that stop just allows me to go, all right, I've got some energy into what's coming which might be work. Could you imagine if you're feeling a little dry or a little flat or a little underdone that if you had a regular shot in the arm of inspiration, if you had a regular shot in the arm of God saying, I built you to be in relationship with me. If you had a regular shot in the arm of God saying, I love you. I'm pursuing you. This is the idea of Sabbath. The more I rest, the more you rest, the more that you step back, the more room that you've got to become who you designed in the first place. You've got more room to see that, to live and to breathe this unique space that God has made for you in this world. You can't see straight when you're spinning. So stop. And stop in rhythm. 
I feel like that's a challenge for me today. I'm hoping that that's a challenge for you. Because this rhythm of stopping will help you to remember, it'll help you to connect, and will open up your heart to becoming. It'll open up your heart to becoming from God's perspective of you. Way back at the beginning of this series, um, there was a phrase that was used in, the, in that first opening sermon that I wanted to finish with today. And then I wanted to invite Kim, who um, delivered that message, to come and pray for us. This is what was spoken. God wants to arouse, inspire, and free the imagination that he has given to us so that we can take hold of the more beautiful way of the kingdom of heaven in our lives, the lives around us, and the people that he wants us to love. God wants to arouse, inspire, and free our imagination that he has given us so that we can take hold of that beautiful way of the kingdom of heaven in our lives, the lives around us, and the people he wants us to serve. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.